my Jeep has a few um, drafts, or a few places where uh, wind and water and bugs and other things can get in there. Just It makes it more of a realistic commute to work when you have um, all those things to worry with. And uh, there was a, a mosquito that had worked its way inside of the Jeep to get a free ride. And uh, I was just driving along and kept, you know, the thing kept buzzing near me and I kept uh, feeling it get on me somewhere and I couldn't, I couldn't ever get to it. I was just, I was trying to drive and I have a stick shift and uh, so I'm trying to do that. I'm trying to text and, you know, I'm trying to <laughs> drink a cup of coffee and do everything else and uh, it just was a real nuisance. And uh, all the way here to, uh, to the church, I just kept dealing with that mosquito, trying to find it. Have you ever had that problem? Ever had one of those in your car? Just yesterday, we were driving back from Tyler, and uh, at first, there was a grasshopper. It was about that big uh, that had gotten inside of our, our truck, and then it was a fly. Now, they only stayed on Jenny. I don't know what was going on with that, but we finally pulled over and got them out of the car. And as I was uh, thinking about that, I was thinking, you know, little things can have a big difference, right? They can make a big difference. Um, Sometimes it's the small things that uh, have the most effect, right? Think about a fire ant. Those things are just little tiny ants, but they come with a lot of power, don't they? If you've ever been out in your yard, especially after this rain, and you're walking through the grass and uh, you don't even see them, they just find their way on you and crawl all the way up your body and then bite you right after uh, you know, they get to the point you can't do anything about it. Little things have great effect. But why is it that we continue to think that little things really don't make much of a difference? Why is it that we think that the things that we have are small and really have no effect in our world. That's uh, really what Jesus was trying to um, correct in the thinking of the disciples. Because the disciples had some pretty small things that they had to offer to God on this particular day that Jesus was gathering the crowds around Him and as He was teaching them and as they were getting to the point of the day when they were quite hungry. I uh, brought the original five loaves and two fish here today. In fact, um, someone said that I probably shouldn't uh, go too long today um, because we have some real fish that are up here just for dramatic effect. Uh, Jesus gathered the, uh, the crowds around Him, and I do have uh, fish hands now, gathered the crowds around Him on this particular day We see that Matthew is recording for us some of the things that are going on uh, as Jesus is, is teaching. And as He teaches, it's not just falling on deaf ears. Now, some of the ears are closed to what Jesus has to say, but others are taking it in and they are changing people's lives just because of what Jesus is saying and the way that Jesus is backing up His words with His actions. And so this is going on and more and more people are following Jesus. We see here in the text that Jesus is trying to get away for a little while. He's trying to go and find a place where He can get quiet, where He can be still as we did just a moment ago, just for a moment, to be still and to know that God is still in control. And as He does that, the crowds find Him and He 
decides that he is going to go and teach them some more. He has great compassion on them. Maybe you and I at this point in our journey would look at the crowds and just think, um, there's no way I can meet with them today. There is no way I can do anything else for these people. They have all of these needs, these sicknesses and demons and poverty and problems and all kinds of challenges and they're bringing these things to me and they bring their family members to me and they continue. I mean, it just never ends everywhere I go. But that's not what Jesus said and and maybe that's how He felt at one point, but He didn't act on that feeling. He had great compassion on them and so He gathers all of these crowds around Him and begins to teach them some more. As He is teaching them, as He is doing all of these things, we see that little things matter in a big way. And this is the lesson that Jesus is teaching His disciples. That there are some things that only God can do. But the way that God does the things that only God can do is through the seemingly small things that they offer to God as they partner with Him in changing the world. That's a pretty good lesson for them to learn. And it would be something great for them to remember as Jesus would depart from them and and ascend into heaven and leave them in this world to do His ministry and to continue His work. And so what we see here in this 14th chapter of Matthew is a lesson for us as well. We need to hear that. We need to know that small things, the seemingly small things in our lives, make a big difference. And this begins with the crowd. Jesus goes to them and He ministers to them. And I don't know if they look like all of that or not, but you see kind of a different representation. As Jesus looked out on the people, He must have seen just throngs of people. And as He looked into their eyes and looked into their faces, He saw the the stress and the anxiety and the problems and the things that were going on around them. He saw their hunger, not just their physical hunger, but their spiritual hunger. This was a group of people who were being pushed aside by the world around them. This was a group of people that were in great need of the compassion that Jesus had to show. And so He engaged them. As we look out at our world today, we see that there are people all around us who are in need, right? I mean, look at the world around us today. Just this morning, if you hear the news or you you look at any social media, you'll see that uh, there are problems all around us in our world today. We certainly know about the ones that are going on between um, Israel and and Palestine, things that are going on in, in Gaza today as people are dying day after day. Not just soldiers, but civilians, children, babies. We can also look in our news and see uh, the tragic things that are taking place as a result of the Ebola crisis that's going on. So much that doctors are uh, scared to death about all of this. 
We can look around in our world, right here in our local neighborhood, and see that there are problems all around us today. Just this past week, early Monday morning, a few streets away, a gunman walks into a home to rob the home and an altercation takes place. And within a few minutes, someone is shot and killed. Just right here in our neighborhood. And by the way, that's not an unusual thing in our neighborhood. It's not an unusual thing in any of our neighborhoods. Those kinds of things are becoming more the norm than they are the exception. Right here in our neighborhood and in our city, we have extreme poverty. There are 20,000, at least 20,000 children living in poverty in Shreveport and Bossier together. 20,000 children. There are countless homicides, burglaries, diseases, all kinds of things just right around us. We look out at our world and we see that it is a world in great need. I was in a session this past week that uh, dealt with poverty. It was a a panel on poverty. And there were uh, several of us gathered there. uh, Simone Hennessy from Providence House and Bonnie Moore from uh, the uh, city of Shreveport and um, someone from the local labor union. And just quite a few of us gathered there and we were talking about Uh, different ways that we see poverty and the ways that we encounter it in our particular organizations. And uh, the um, lady that was sitting next to me, uh, Bonnie Moore, talked about how Highland is now recognized as a low-income neighborhood. Um, And that means that there are more people living under the poverty level than living above it. And that we have a great challenge right here around us. But I would say it's not just about physical things that we see in our crowd. We see spiritual things as well, don't we? We see that people lose their way in life. There are people today not feeling a sense of peace that you might be feeling here in this place of worship today. There are people who are wondering how they're going to make it another day. There are people who are dealing with problems like depression and um, health issues and all kinds of things that lead them to think there's just no use in going on another day. All kinds of spiritual as well as physical needs around us. And as we look at that crowd, we might think we don't have any resources. We don't have anything that we can do to make a difference. We think about the little that we have, don't we? I mean, Jesus called the disciples together as they came to Him and and said, you know, Jesus, it's getting late in the day. You've been teaching and things are going great. You've got a good crowd out there. You've got them warmed up and they're participating and everybody loves being here. But they're getting hungry. Send them away because we don't have any way to feed them. I mean, it's kind of like you people get at 12 o'clock, right? If I keep going, the elders will come to me or raise their watches and say, you know, it's getting, it's getting to be lunchtime. We're not having a potluck today. And uh, these people are going to rebel and leave unless you stop your sermon. Time is ticking. And so Jesus looks at them and says, no, we're not going to send them away. Let's feed them. And they look at Jesus like they did probably so many times and said, You're crazy. 
We can't feed all of these people. All we have, I mean everything we have, are just these five small loaves of bread and two fish. I mean, Jesus, that's not going to feed us. You've seen Peter eat. You know how James James can just devour bread. There's no way that we could eat on this and there's certainly no way that 5,000 people could ever begin to eat on this. And Jesus says, you feed them. And the emphasis that's there in the Greek language is there for emphasis. There was no need for Jesus or for this to be described by Matthew in the language to emphasize the you. It would have been in the verb that Jesus was using, but it is there because Jesus was pointing out to them to say, you have enough already to feed the 5,000. What you have is something that God can use to take care of this crowd. But the disciples weren't seeing it, were they? Like with so many other things, they were missing what they had. We do that too, don't we? We say to Jesus, Look, Jesus, I know there's a big need. I know there are people that live in my neighborhood. There are people that I work with. There are people in my family who have great needs. I see it every day, I know. But I can't meet them. You didn't give me enough. I didn't bring enough with me to be able to take care of what is going on around me. I haven't studied enough. I don't know the Bible well enough. I haven't been a Christian long enough to be able to make that kind of a difference. Or my faith is still so weak. I struggle with it, Jesus. I've seen You do great things, but I just don't think I can do the things that I've seen You doing. And I'm just a human. I'm just a small little part of this great big world. There's a book that's out called The Power of Small. Uh, written by Linda Kaplan-Thaler and Robin Koval. And uh, in this book, they talk about... the You know, there was a book that was out called Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. Well, just forget about that book. Because really what you should do is sweat the small stuff. The small stuff is what's really important. It's the small things in life that make the radical difference. And they go through in their book and talk about different stories, story after story, about small things that people do that make really big things happen. Think about it in your own life. We received a text yesterday. Yesterday was the the fifth uh, year after Maggie Lee, uh, our daughter, died. August the 2nd in 2009. And uh, so people were sending emails and texts and different things. And there was a, a girl named Jessie Keener who had gone to uh, a retreat, a spiritual retreat uh, to Disney World a few years ago, or I guess about seven years ago. And uh, these kids had come from all different cities and different uh, states to uh, worship together and just have a full weekend of retreat. And they broke into small groups when they were there. And so this girl, Jessie, uh, was in Maggie Lee's group. 
And she got to know Maggie Lee a little bit over that weekend. And so when she found out what had happened to uh, Maggie Lee, this registered with her because she remembered her. And uh, as we started Maggie Lee for Good Day, um, that October 29th, after that, um, uh, that year in 2009, uh, where people started doing good things um, to show that we're not going to allow bad things to have the final say, that God can bring all things together for good. And so we talked about and started doing good as a result of that. And she talked about uh, how she wanted to do good. She was running for Miss uh, Teen South Carolina, I believe it is. And uh, one of the things that she was doing was uh, highlighting a particular charity. And so she picked Maggie Lee for good. And uh, in that particular year, she raised $5,000 for organ donation uh, just in that one particular year. And she was talking about all the other things and she commented in her text um, about small things. She said, it's amazing to me how God used uh, that short encounter that we had together to change my life and to change lives forever. Small things matter. We need to recognize that in our lives. When we say we don't have enough, God didn't bless me with enough to do anything. No, God did. God has. You have enough right now. Each one of you has enough to change the world. And I'm not just talking about money. I'm not talking about spiritual gifts or things that you have to contribute to the kingdom of God, but you have enough intelligence, you have enough character, you have enough um, countenance, you have enough personality, everything that God has given you, all of that can be used for the glory of God in big ways. And when God made you, when He fashioned you in your mother's womb, He recognized that you had great Worth, and that you would be able to do great things in this world. So how dare you look at yourself in the mirror and say that I don't matter. You do matter. And what you have can be given over to Jesus. Just as the disciples took what they had and they brought it to Jesus... We are to do the same as well. Because when we do bring these things to Jesus, these small things, God is able to do things with those in incredible ways. And that's what took place during this particular time. Jesus held up the bread. and I'm not going to hold up the fish again. Held up the bread and He blessed it and He broke it and He multiplied it so that all of the people out there in that crowd... 5,000, uh, it says men. Back then, only men counted. I know that's a terrible thing. These days, men don't count at all. So, it all works out perfectly. But if you just take that and double it, and then you think about all of the children, you think about all of the thousands of people that are sitting out there that get plenty to eat, and the Scripture says there was plenty left over. Jesus took the small and multiplied it into big things. Great things happened as a result. 
And as we think about this today, we recognize that the same thing happens around us. I mean, just think about this past week. The youth uh, just yesterday were in Lake Providence. There were 16 of them who went over to Lake Providence. Now, that's a small group. If you look at a a church that has 20 or 30 or uh, the youth group I grew up in was 200 or more kids... But, it, you know, 16, that's a, a small group. It's big for us, but some would say small, seemingly small. They go over to Lake Providence and they are gathered with a small group of Cooperative Baptists. How many churches? 14 churches in Cooperative Baptist Fellowship in all of the state of Louisiana. Only 14 churches that make up this affiliation of Baptists. And not all of those churches showed up in Lake Providence. Just a few, a small group went to Lake Providence but made a big difference. They took the small things that they had. uh, A few school supplies, a few backpacks, and God multiplied them to provide how many bags yesterday? 800. 800. Um, That's pretty much... Most of the children in Lake Providence to be able to go to school and to have something to start out with, to have books and paper and pencils and even to have reading books to take home, but even more than that, to take some hope home with them. Great things happened with small things. Think about Khaki Fest that took place this past week that there were 198 uh, children who came through these doors uh, on Tuesday and Thursday and received clothing to be able to go to school with. These are children who would not have the money otherwise to be able to have uh, school uniforms to go to school. Those are small things. Socks, underwear, uniforms. And yet God turns them in to big things. There are some children this morning who are smiling because they don't have to go to school ashamed. There are some moms and some dads and some grandmoms and granddads who are thanking God in their places of worship today because they probably figured they didn't know how they were going to get those clothes together for school to start. Seemingly small things. This past week, there were 130 people who gathered in this chapel and walked from this chapel into the gym and sat around some round tables and enjoyed a meal of fried chicken together for the Highland Blessing Dinner. Small things. Small little churches and groups bonded together on the fifth Thursday of the month and took some food that was left over and, and uh, some things that the food bank was able to gather together in small ways and in small places around the community to gather those together and to offer them up to God and allow God to bless and multiply them. And if you don't think God multiplied fried chicken this past Thursday night, then you need to talk to LaShawn and Priscilla in the kitchen because they can tell you that miracles happen in that kitchen every Thursday night. Big things happen. What are the big things to happen this next week as you go out into your world? Think about it. God's got big things ready to go. God wants them to happen. 
And what He says to you and to me is, you go and take them to the people. And I'll take care of the rest. I'll multiply them. But you've got to do your part. Jesus would later, as Matthew describes for us, would go up to the upper room with the disciples. And He would do something that would become pretty familiar to them as He had the table set there, the Passover meal was about to be served, and as it was all there on the table and the disciples were gathering in and sitting down, Jesus would take a loaf of bread that I'm sure looked exactly like one of those five loaves. And He would talk about it. He would break it much as He did that day with the crowd around Him. He would hold it up and ask God to bless it. But this time, He would talk about it in a completely different way. I mean, sure, the bread was to be multiplied. The bread would go a long way, even to us today. But He would talk about it as being like His body. This bread is My body, which is broken for you. Bread not to just feed five or ten or fifteen thousand, but bread to feed the world. Jesus would then take the cup, he would pass it around to them, and he would talk about this new covenant that God was establishing with the world. A crowd of people that was completely in need of a touch from God completely in need of a a new start in life. And He would hold the cup before them and He would thank God for it and say, this is My blood which is given for you. A brand new way in life. Seemingly small things that would make a big difference. Let us go to God and thank Him for these things recognizing that they are indeed big as we remember them today. Our Lord and God, we give You thanks today for being able to take what we have to offer and to multiply it in ways we could never even begin to imagine. Forgive us for the times that we approach our lives and our gifts and our resources, seeing them as inferior when we know what You can do with them. We thank You for this bread and this cup here today. May they be reminders for us as we partake in them of Your eternal love and covenant with us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.